So as this is a noble endeavor that uh, we're undertaking, double practice, much needed, uh, a harmonious life in the world, much needed, much to be encouraged, much to be supported. I'm happy to come here and help you to do your work. And uh, just to say, we can we consider the whole of Buddhism and meditation practice and so forth, and the understandings and the uh, cosmology and the, all this huge treasure house of learning and so forth. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to do that. <laughs> we're just going to. What I'm offering is a possibly training for life. Let's get, get that one. The rest of it you can fit on as you see fit, as you find it's useful. Um, but really in retreat situation we are, what I suggest you think of it, it's not just even as meditation, but as training, training for life. Uh, and the one you can, you can sum up this training in, in simple ways, but it, uh, <laughs> it all hinges upon careful attention. That's one way of looking at it. Careful attention means you restrain your attention from going where it's not useful, skillful, and steady it, and hold it, and sustain it on qualities, themes, frames of reference that are useful and purposeful, in, that you can get results of in yourself, here and now. It's quality care for attention, yoni so manasikara. So this begins with just what is worth attending to and what's not worth attending to. What do we when we give attention to something, do we just flash on it or do we hold it attention there so we can really learn? how to steady the mind and also how to, to sense and realize what we're giving attention to, the meanings, the qualities. This Buddha Dharma is like a, almost like origami. You have something that seems quite small, you can unfold it and unfold it and unfold it. It's like a hologram. In every, every aspect of it, if you study it carefully, all of it opens up. It's the all of it. But if you don't study it carefully, you just drift and dream and speculate because the mind is not restrained. So it's uh, restraint is necessary for careful attention, restraint is necessary for life. So we learn that. <clears throat> we learn that fundamentally the mind has to be tamed and trained. Untrained mind is a disaster. Trained mind is a blessing. You know, the first thing is the train to restrain. It's running out in every direction, going too fast, not really drinking in good, good things. It's restraining. And so... Buddha said, well, you know, if we have the, the mind 
we establish this quality of sati mindfulness, we liken this to taking a stake, pole, and driving it into the ground. So it's very firmly established. Then you have these six animals. Yeah. Six animals, the eye, the ear, the nose, the tongue, body, and the mind. And they normally run around in different directions, fighting with other, chasing each other, scampering, playing games, running all over the place. And if the eye sees something, the mind runs after it. Yeah. The eye sees something and the mind hates it. We hear something and we uh, get fascinated by it. We hear something and we get angry about it. Uh, that's the way the mind grabs hold of sights and sounds and creates its own problems out of that. So you have to, since you can restrain it, it's six animals. You tie them to the post so you can't run around. They can't rush off. They can't take your energy away. They can't injure you. The powers of your energy can't be run out. can't be dragged down. So after a while they sit down. They calm down. They settle down. You tame them. So this is the way we cultivate sati, mindfulness. With esteem in mind. So, what is so mindfulness? The four reference points, the four establishments of mindfulness. And it says you begin, you have to begin with mindfulness established within your body. And he says, you do not touch the deathless, they do not realize fruits without mindfulness established within the body. Now we may wonder, well, you know, if the body is one of these animals that runs around, how can we establish it, mindfulness there? Well, you have different kinds of bodies. So the body that runs around is tactile, touch, sensations fondle sensations, jumps with sensations, twitches with sensations, gets upset by sensations, becomes intoxicated with sensations, craves with sensations, fights sensations. This is the this is the untamed tactile body. Sensations. But we also have an inner body which is to do with vitality, tension, relaxation, breathing in and out. Subtle body, not made of flesh, not associated with tactile sensations, but establishes balance, stability, vitality. So it both holds steady, and because its nature is vitality, it becomes bright. As it brightens, we come out of the tension, the agitation of, the, of our inner body. 
And it says, this is the body you develop. As he mentions in talking about Anapanasati, so this is a body within the bodies. There are different bodies, this one is within the body. It's the body's awareness of being present, being here. Now this is a, can be a strange way to talk about it. It's actually very obvious. You all experience it all the time. But you probably don't really consider it. You don't really consider it to be your body. It's kind of like you call it your feeling. It certainly feels. Yeah. But if you say, how do you know, how do you feel yourself as being here rather than just being in a dream? Right? When you're asleep, you have quite vivid impressions, you can see things, you can hear things, you can get emotionally upset in a dream. You get angry, you can see people in a dream, you can see people you know in a dream, you shout at them, you can play with them. What's the difference between being a dream and being awake? When in the dream you don't have mindfulness of body. You don't have that sense of something that's steady and stable. So the mind runs, creates fantasies. And in those fantasy dream world, you can leap from one fantasy to another quicker than a monkey leaping from one tree to another. It just does so quickly. Powerful emotions can occur. It seems like the real thing. But what it doesn't have is this sense of presence, stability, groundedness, gravity. And that's exactly what you need. Because without that, we're always living in a dream. <laughs> when you wake up, you're still in a dream. You're dreaming about the future, dreaming about the past, dreaming about other people, dreaming about what will happen when we die, dreaming about the nature of the world, the universe. You know, it's all just a mist, but full of passion full of excitement, full of fear, definitely experience, but it doesn't have mindfulness immersed in the body. And we can see if you don't want to be a dreamer, if you want to be awake, then this in a way is the opening, the beginning of it. <clears throat> and why this is a training for life is because um, you know, whether you're in a retreat or not on a retreat, or you're walking to catch the bus, going to work, sitting down, having a cup of coffee, you've still got the body still there. And if you attend to it, the subtle body is still there. But if we go out into sights and sounds and touches, we lose it. So it's there, and yet we easily move away from it. <clears throat> when you establish it you can recognize those movements oh that's just irritable oh that's just worry oh that's not to be followed that's resentment that's not to be followed that's passion excitement that's not to be followed because you can feel them pulling 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 like one of those animals pulling you where's that going to go <laughs> where does it go goes on to the next dream, doesn't it? Yeah. 
carried on to the next television show or the next meal or the next conversation or the next football match or the next piece of music it goes on where does it go? it just goes round and round creating more we so we so get so convinced by that movement of the dream it's always moving on dreams are never still they always move on they're never still and quiet they're always moving we get so used to that experience we start to think well meditation is about another kind of moving on move, keep moving in another way become this and become that get to this and get to that and we're still following the same dream world now we've called it meditation becoming this and becoming that what I will be and how I and in that dream world the sense of I am the dreamer and there's no end to it we come into body you don't go anywhere and that sounds disappointing (laughs) but you don't have to go anywhere because when you establish presence the world starts to dissolve it unfolds the fog lifts the mists part the passion and the fear disappear future doesn't have to keep pulling you the past doesn't have to keep chasing you what other people think and say doesn't have to keep running around you like a bee angry bees the world begins to dissolve it's the end of the world and this end of the world is found within this very body not through touch but through the inner qualities of the body this is what the Buddha developed when he cultivated Anapanasati Anapanasati mindfulness of breathing which is the predominant uh, cultivation of prominent energy movement that refreshes and purifies and cleans the subtle body we spend many years trying to get rid of a body just, you know, get out of it get somewhere else you always came back now what about instead of trying to get away from it or go somewhere else what about really penetrating this is peaceful this is not sensual this is peaceful and as you cultivate that mind begins to open and let go of its dreams, its fears its craving Ah, this Nibbana the unbinding the blowing out of confusion, passion so there may be opportunities a retreat situation where we can cultivate this, dip into this, make much of this, 
take the advantage to refresh and regenerate our energy. Because this itself is just it's very much life training. Because everyone in their lives in the world, their hearts get depleted. Every day we have a little less vitality. And when the vitality is being used to run things, work things, manage things, think things, do this, do that, and the other. And you have to manage also the emotional impact of bad news, of loss, of fear in the world. All that takes energy. You get emotionally knocked around by the actions of others in the world. So that, that damages and just like bruising your energy body gets bruised and battered. So we do need to spend some time just refreshing, regenerating, strengthening. Samatha. Samatha called steadying, calming, refreshing practices. And with that we begin to also develop vipassana or insight, begin to, to a steady place, begin to recognize the nature of the phenomena that we seem to be embedded in the nature of the emotions, the mind states, the thoughts, the psychologies, the memories, begin to understand their nature and become one who is tamed and is free from them, free from being overwhelmed by dumbness. So in this establishment, sati, mindfulness, you begin to sense, yeah, there's mindfulness, of the body, established, carefully placed, and it takes us into feeling, qualities of pleasure and pain, agreeable, disagreeable. It takes us into the nature of the citta, that which is affected by feeling, that which gets excited and disappointed, steadying that, and that takes us into dhammas phenomena, various mental, psychological, emotional phenomena that tease us, uh, damage us, and the ones that brighten us. So it's a very simple, they come in through this channel. Point being that uh, when you establish this, is something you have the possibility of sustaining in your daily life. In your daily life, you can recognize when the senses are pulling you out and the mind's getting overwhelmed, pull back, establish yourself in your body, take a breath, two breaths, three breaths, wait. This dumbness will then just begin to roll over, pass through, you don't get caught in them.
again speaking very simply, mindfulness is the ability to bear something in mind, to stay with it. How do you bear something in mind? The two uh, complementary functions, placing attention, called vitaka. You bring something, bring the mind to something, or bring something to the mind. Bring it up, go there. That, that, that's vitaka, it's a pointer. Place. And then, having placed it, vichara, you sense it. How is it? How does it feel? What's happening? So one is like the finger, you place it, vitaka. The other is like the palm of the hand, it opens up. How's that? How is it? What does it do? What's, how is that? These are kind of normal functions that we all have. But when you're moving very fast, often what happens is you get a lot of vitaka, placing this, 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 but not much vichara. You don't actually, how is this? Because you're moving on to the next thing. It's like eating food. We're so busy, so quick, eating so quickly, throw something in your mouth, you throw the next thing in your mouth before you even tasted the first thing. Just keep throwing because you're in a hurry. You do that. What does it taste like? I don't know. Have another one. Because <laughs> you think it, it's probably good, so you just throw it down. We haven't actually sensed it. So this vichara is to be encouraged and developed because it's often something that in our daily life we haven't really taken the opportunity or life hasn't given us the opportunity to fully develop. But generally in meditation Nivitaka is short, brief, to the point, that which you can directly get. Uh-huh. Vichara is long. Stay with it long. Long. Place quick, place short, stay long. Place it in the thought, what's happening in my body, and then stay long. This is sati. This is the way you learn. Now in retreat time, we've got a good opportunity to really uh, learn a lot because you can spend an hour just placing and sensing, you know, feeling in your body, steadying it, and after a while you can begin to really sense what your mind is doing without following it or rejecting it, and you learn this one is useless. So it's nowhere useful. Started off seeming attractive and interesting, but just like a firework, it just fizzled out, didn't go anywhere useful. When we don't linger long enough, we just keep following the fireworks. Bang, bang, well, look at that, yeah, and then next, 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 yeah, there. And by and large, this is what people do. And the fireworks can be sought, 
could be jumping to opinions. First thing you, you know, people just jump to a conclusion without actually taking the time to, how is that? Yeah. Reactivity. Yeah. Here you can, you know, that noticing the opinions we have. Does it go anywhere useful? Beneficial? Helpful? No. We don't bother with it then. So you cultivate like this, someone who is cultivated like this probably doesn't have much of an opinion about anything. Just, does it go good or does it go bad? So, <laughs> it changes, doesn't it? That's about it, really. So, there's a great relief. Your mind isn't cluttered, full of ideas and opinions and views and strategies and measurements and judgments and comparisons. It's just cleaned out. And it's fresh and bright. Itaka vichara, placing, sensing, and wisdom arises. This one's not to be followed. This one is to be followed because it leads to harmony, it leads to calm, it leads to happiness, it leads to ease in the here and now. It doesn't create problems. This one is to be followed. It's the way we train ourselves. So then when you come out of retreat, you, you already begin to know. When I get that opinion, don't bother. When I start to go down that road, don't bother. <laughs> don't waste your time doing that. Don't bother getting that. You've studied it in your meditation practice and you, you've understood it. This is the way we learn. This is where, of course, our what we call meditation is really just a, an aspect of our life, of our cultivation. So let's uh, just give you a brief frame of reference for the basic frame of attention, how we place, and uh, this may seem a little unusual because normally you might place your attention on sensations, but I'd like you to pause. Instead, as an experiment, just imagine what it's like if you're standing or sitting under a tree. Nobody's bothering you. There's no pressure. You're sitting under a tree. You relax your eyes. Keep your attention steady. You get a sense of the space around you. You feel your body 
within a space around you. It's not that huge. It's probably something like an arm's length around you. So you can feel the structure of your body, the breadth and the height, and you can feel the ground, that sense of pressure underneath you, and you can feel the space, the sky, the openness above you, and you feel safe. You're under a tree, it's cool, protected. So it's a slightly wider frame of attention than we would normally use. This is because normally now we're looking at words, we're looking at signs, we're looking things come close. We study them. The time of the Buddha, no words, no signs, no cars, living in a forest. What kind of attention would you have then? You don't want to look too close because you might miss something. So you keep your attention lightly poised. That which is re- relevant to your body. Things far away, not interested. Sensations in your ears, not interested. General sense of is the body safe, stable, present. And you can sense it. And it's not just the sensations, it's a sense of something stable that's there. And you keep your eyes open or half open so you don't go into thoughts, memories, dreams. Focus on properly establishing your body in the upright position properly establishing your body in the upright position. The base of the spine, the lower spine, drop the shoulder blades so your chest opens, bring your head back so it sits nicely on your neck, it's not tilted forward. Slightly tuck your chin in, just a little, so you can feel the back of your neck. So the back of your neck is straight. Get a feeling for your entire body sitting there, the width of your shoulders, the width of your hips, the width of your knees. And the upright from the base of the spine up into the crown, like a straight, like a line, like a tree. And sense a few breaths rising naturally, easily within that form. Then you're mindful of your entire body breathing in and breathing out. 
hold that frame, hold that frame of body, bear it in mind. The muscles that you don't need, particularly your face and your fingers, any muscles you don't need, relax them. Tickling your eyes, around your eyes, your mouth, relax. So you're not distracted. You maintain the whole frame, becomes steady and unified. <laughs> 